Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI. Okay, Google, is the Alphabet company going to unionize? On the website theverge.com, they say, Roughly 230 Google employees announced they were forming a union with the Communications Workers of America. The biggest tech news in the country, maybe the world, is the deplatforming of President Trump and the violent, hateful factions of his MAGA mob. But the second biggest tech news, totally overshadowed by the first, is that Google employees formed a union. On January 4th, the first Monday of the year, over 200 Google employees came out and said they had formed a union. Shireen Ghaffari is a tech reporter at Recode. This was a huge deal in tech. For years, Google workers have been launching these kind of like one-off activism campaigns over issues they care about, whether that's Google doing business with the military, and many people were against that, or um, how they treat you know, contractors. But on that day when the union came out, it was the first time that there was actually a formal a group being organized who were full-time employees. These are engineers, you know, project managers, people who are important at the company coming out and saying that they are organizing. 200 union members isn't much considering that the Google workforce is what, like tens of thousands? Oh yeah, it's over 100,000 full-time employees and even more contractors. Um, so, you know, Yes, it's a small number, but it's growing uh, already. I think by uh, today, it is now around 700 people. So we'll see. Hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about how this happened. Well, I mean, the tensions at Google go back deep for the past uh, couple of years, really. Uh, You know, this company that once was a startup with the motto, don't be evil, and this culture of letting employees debate and question every single decision, that's changed because Google has become a bigger company now and employees have started to realize that they don't always have the final say, that there have been some decisions that management has just made in private and has not backed down to employee concerns. And that's caused a lot of upset within the company. So when did Google's old mantra, you know, don't be evil, start to become a problem? I would say in the past five to 10 years, Google has really matured, right, from from this startup culture to really big corporation culture. And I think that's where, where you're seeing this tension come from. And then just the actions that Google has taken in firing several prominent employees who were raising concerns within the company. 
Artificial intelligence, drones, warfare, and Google. It's a mixture that caused an uproar inside the tech giant where the early motto was don't be evil. In 2019, uh, Google really started to kind of ramp up their efforts to rein in company culture, right? And you see them starting to say, hey, there were certain employees who were upset with Google's decision to work with, for example, the U.S. government on providing AI technology potentially to be used in warfare. The employees are outraged Google's technology could be used by the Pentagon's Project Maven to better identify both targets and civilians. And so Google employees started sending out letters, started calling on the head of AI research to back off from this project, and it was a huge kind of scandal internally because this project was supposed to be a secret at that time. It was called Project Maven. Some news here on Google, CNBC confirming with a source that Google Cloud Chief Diane Green did tell employees today that the company uh, will not seek to renew a controversial contract with the Department of Defense after it expires. You know, it was discovered that Google was working on another secret project. Codenamed Dragonfly. Dragonfly was a censored version of its search engine for China. That would actually omit certain words the Chinese government didn't like. And so today, the New York Times broke the news about a protest letter signed by 1,400 employees. They wanted to, quote, raise urgent moral and ethical issues, saying, currently, we do not have the information required to make ethically informed decisions about our work, our projects, and our employment. We urgently need more transparency, a seat at the table, and a commitment to clear and open processes. Google employees need to know what we're building. There's just been this kind of cascade of mini and large and in-between kind of employee tensions and scandals at Google over these controversial projects that Google was working on, over alleged sexual harassment uh, around the Me Too kind of time. Staff at Google are walking off the job today. It is happening all across this Google Earth. They're protesting the company's treatment of women, and they're demanding big changes in how sexual misconduct allegations are handled by the company. Really, the kinds of issues that people have been debating at Google run the gamut, but I think some of the most interesting ones for Google are around what kind of work should Google be doing. So it sounds like what you're saying, Shireen, is that this union at Google is much more about having power and a voice in sort of the company's decisions and its politics than say, you know, we need better paternal care and, uh, you know, better health benefits. I think for Google's tech employees, for those full-time engineers and designers and product managers who make the, the tools that we use every day, those people are generally paid pretty well. They have good benefits. Google has been renowned uh, for kind of setting the, the high bar in Silicon Valley for having luxurious kind of amenities at work, like gourmet food and all that. So no, this is not for, for those tech workers. I don't think this is about wages and and the kind of bread and butter stuff that a normal union campaign would be about. However, Google kind of has this what's been called shadow workforce or sort of a second class of, of workforce, and that are, are its contractors, what it calls its TVCs. And these people, you know, they range from cafeteria workers to janitors to shuttle bus drivers that take the Google employees around from San Francisco to their suburban headquarters. And they also have contractors who do data entry and even computer programming. And those people are not getting necessarily paid the kinds of high salaries and, and having the same kinds of benefits that you might expect. Also, content moderators, right, which we've talked about on the show a bunch. 
Absolutely. Content moderators are a huge, and they're sometimes the ones watching these, uh, you know, extremely kind of traumatizing material out there that, that Google doesn't necessarily want to show up in their results. So those people, I don't want to minimize, yes, this union, the first kind of batch of people who are coming out and saying we're in this union, they are tech workers, they are people who are paid well, and for them, probably what makes them tick isn't necessarily, isn't pay or isn't working conditions, but there is this whole other uh, kind of class of people at Google who they are trying to include in this union too, who do have those more kind of traditional issues around pay and working conditions. Has anything like this ever happened in Silicon Valley in, in, in big tech? No, not at a major tech company in a very long time. But there have been efforts within Google and some other tech companies to unionize, but it's largely been either kind of contractors, like for example, thousands, I believe over 2,000 cafeteria workers uh, unionized back in 2019 at Google. Uh, And I actually broke that story. They were employed by a third party though, right? So they weren't directly employed by Google. And they formed a more traditional union that also represents cafeteria workers at other big tech companies and, and, and such. There have also been kind of these um, smaller efforts by some white-collar contractors for Google in Pittsburgh. They work for a third party as well. But at Google or at Facebook or at Amazon or or the FANG companies that we call the major uh, tech companies of our time today, no, there has not been any kind of white-collar tech worker union to come out and formally say we're a union. At this point, there's, what, like 700 or something of Google's 250,000 or so employees in this union. And these are largely white-collar tech employees. How much muscle do they really have with such a small group? Well, they're going to need strength in numbers. I mean, any union is only as strong as its members. And so, you know, whether it's Google's new union is, is called a minority union which is less common than a traditional kind of majority union. And what that means is that because it doesn't have a, it hasn't carved out a little section of Google employees, like let's say all Google engineers in Northern California, and then said, hey, we have a majority of these engineers in California with our union. They don't have that kind of structure yet. They're not actually protected by labor law in the sense that they can't get Google's management to come to the bargaining table. If they did have that majority and they did have this official uh, NLRB vote, then Google would have to actually negotiate a contract and, and they would have more formal leverage. The way that this minority union works now is that they can just basically pressure Google management because they can say, hey, we're backing up this employee who was raising concerns and has now been fired. I mean, when I saw this news last week, I texted a good friend of mine and said, hey, man, you got a union. Look at that. And he was like, what? Huh? Did I miss something? <laughs> he didn't even know. Are you serious? That Google had. I am. I'm serious. Wow. I'm not gonna, you know, blow up his spot or anything. No, but yeah. Could the Google union have maybe picked a better week to announce their historic organization? Yeah. It just feels like the first week of the year, even before they knew about the insurrection, we were in the middle of a presidential transition. Did they sort of set themselves up to fail by launching on a week that had so much news that this just became? totally buried. Could they have picked a slower news week to announce this? Yes. The fact that they already existed by the time this this mess took place, they were able to come out and sort of show, hey, we this is the kind of thing that as a union, we're going to take a stance on whether or not our company kind of waffles or takes time to decide we're going to come out almost immediately and say, this is what we think Google should do. What did they say? Uh, so the Google union came out 
just the day after the mob and said that they condemned what happened and they find Google and its parent company Alphabet squarely responsible for this because they think that it has not done enough to stop the hate, harassment, discrimination, and radicalization uh, from growing on YouTube. And remember, Google owns YouTube, and they see the company as enabling the kind of extremism that led to the violence we saw at the Capitol. And they demanded that the company take more action, that they uh, you know, deplatform Trump and more deeply kind of address uh, this, this, what they see is this rot at the core of the platform. So we've been removing, you know, uh, you know thousands of videos, uh, including videos uh, from uh, President Trump's channel, if he found them to be violative. And, and you know, it's a, we have... Uh, clear, consistent policies, uh, you know, content moderation obviously is about identifying content that scale and removing it before people can see it. We reduce the spread, uh, you know, we don't recommend or promote content, uh, which we think is violative. So YouTube did end up temporarily suspending Trump for at least seven days, which was more than they did initially, which was just take down a single video where he had seemingly encouraged the insurrectionists. Was that all because of the union? I don't think we can say that. I think the union was one of many groups, though, that was pressuring Google and YouTube immensely to take action. And remember, YouTube was actually one of the last uh, major social media platforms to temporarily ban Trump's account. Facebook and Twitter did it first. So, you know, there is this question of, you know, is this union uh, providing pressure and and would YouTube have been even slower without it? I think we don't know the answer yet without being behind the scenes into Google executives thinking on this. But I think we can certainly say that these employees are coming out and taking much firmer moral stances and definitive um, action than the company after this event. OK, so the union started out in the 200s. Now it's at 700 or so. And then it had a very big week with this insurrection and and the role Google or YouTube may have played in enabling any part of it. Does that mean it's here to stay or could Google executives still try and just get rid of these unionized employees? There is a chance they could try that. Uh, they have hired, uh, you know, kind of union busting consulting uh, uh, consulting firm in the past. They have fired employees who have been active in worker organizing before. I will say that even though this is a not traditional kind of more informal union, you you do have some rights under labor law, no matter what in the U.S. So you are supposed to, as a worker, be able to organize your employees without fear of retaliation. Your employer legally should not be retaliating against you if you want to form a union. There's a lot of attention on this news because Silicon Valley is known as an anti-union culture, right? For decades, Silicon Valley has made it its competitive advantage to be sort of anti-union over the East Coast, right? There's there's this idea that if you're a tech engineer, you shouldn't unionize because you're better than that. You don't need a union. You're smart, you're well-paid, and that unionization is a form of bureaucracy that gets in the way of innovation. That has been the driving ethos of the culture around labor rights in Silicon Valley since Intel. So the news that now one of the most prominent tech companies has staff that is unionizing, who are engineers, that's huge.
Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com AI. Okay, Google. Is Google going to unionize? Sorry, I don't understand, but I found something similar. Do you want to know whether employees can be fired for trying to unionize? Yes. On the website ZipRecruiter.com, they say, the simple answer is no. Shireen, what is it with Silicon Valley and unions? Is it, is it like you're better than that? Or is it like we, we would really appreciate if you did do that because we're terrified of organized labor? <laughs> it's both. I mean, I think uh, it's a smart kind of marketing strategy to say, hey, if you're management, to, to say you're better than that, you don't need a union, why would you need someone to slow you down? And... You know, it's it's true. Unions are uh, an organized structure, right? And so <laughs> if you're averse to structure and you're an engineer, maybe that appeals to you. And I, I don't want to discount that as that's legitimately maybe the belief that, that people, some people in tech have. Intel co-founder Robert Noyce once said, remaining non-union is essential for survival for most of our companies. This attitude, right, that goes back to the the 70s, 80s, really early kind of computer era. And has it just been an attitude or sort of a mantra? Or has there been some, you know, old-fashioned union busting in Silicon Valley, too? There has been old-fashioned union busting. Google hired a known consulting firm involved in union busting. Amazon reportedly, according to some documents advice reported on, hired a Pinkerton, straight up Pinkerton. So that's old school, same firm that's in your history books, right? Known for union busting back in the day. I don't like the Pinkertons. They're muscle for the bosses. To surveil workers in Europe who were unionizing. Surveillance efforts? 
I would call it surveillance efforts. I mean, they, they track things at these warehouse sites, right? So apparently, Amazon has been trying to hire what they describe as intelligence analysts to keep track of activists and union organizers in their latest documented attempt to make sure that their workers do not have the tiniest glimmer of a shred of hope of power within their own workplace. They track how many people have been interested in unionizing. They track how many people have been written up for defying management and things that you could see easily relate to labor organizing. Open Markets Institute is out with a new report detailing Amazon's aggressive surveillance techniques. So according to that report, when you enter an Amazon warehouse, you're scanned and you're screened and you're forced to hand over all of your personal belongings. Security cameras, watch your every movement. Warehouse workers actually wear monitors so that their literal every movement is tracked. Creepy. Many people think that, and, you know, Amazon and some others have said, well, they're just making sure their business can run, and they're just making sure we can all get our shipments on time, and you can't have chaos at the warehouse if you want those Christmas packages to come at your door. And for Google, you know, you can't have billions of people searching the web if you're, you're fighting over every single decision every day. And, I mean, Google you know, has access to our emails, to our search queries. I mean, are they using their technological advantage to surveil its employees who want to unionize? We don't know for sure. Um, The National Labor Relations Board in the U.S., they have cited Google for allegedly monitoring their workers in what they say is likely an illegal way. Back in 2019, Bloomberg also reported that Google had plans to build a Chrome extension on employees' browsers that would keep tabs on if they were creating like calendar invitations. The concern is that this tool, it's a new extension for the Chrome browser that's used internally. This one sends up a red flag when somebody organizes a meeting that occupies a certain number of rooms or involves a certain number of people. Once it reaches that threshold, I think it's 10 rooms, 100 people. The concern, the question is, Is this an attempt to tamp down organizing, to kind of keep us from, you know, raising protests? Whoa. Google disputes this, yeah, and says it wasn't for that. Google has said to us, look, the memo misinterprets this. This is something that we've put in place to cut down on meeting spam, misuse of space, things along those lines. It's this very blurry line of... Is my employer just doing their their normal standard corporate thing where they have access to all my work tools? Or are they nefariously using this to make sure I don't start a union? One thing recently that, that really aggravated employees and has kind of set fire to this movement again of tech worker organizing at Google is that a star AI researcher named Timnit Gebru, who was one of the few, if only, Black women employees at Google on the AI research team, She says she was fired by Google for trying to publish controversial research that was critical of bias in Google's algorithms. When someone has issues with your paper, you have a conversation about it, especially if it's internal. If they had some sort of PR or policy risk, then the PR and policy people had a chance to talk to us about our paper because we gave them a heads up before we even wrote our paper and we added them to the documents. So to have somebody just to give you an order to retract your paper with no further discussions is extremely disrespectful to researchers. Google says that she resigned by her own will and that she had certain conditions um, that they couldn't meet. I was, I did not resign. 
I believe I was fired. So this enraged employees, many of them sided with Tim Neat. And that, I think, has really pushed this activism stuff at Google, which had been relatively quiet for the past year, I would say. It pushed it back to the forefront kind of of workers' minds. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing this union announcement come out right now. Google workers still feel like they have a target on their back if they speak out about concerns at the company. That's how many Google workers feel. And they're hoping that with this union, uh, they can kind of organize uh, and be more of a unified front and not be as as much of individual targets. And this union is being founded at the exact time where there's more scrutiny than ever from the United States government, from European governments on Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple. Is it possible that this transcends Google and that you see more organization at Apple or, or Facebook or Amazon? I think that when, when workers at Google do something, it sends a message to all the other tech workers in the industry. Everyone's looking at Google. And people who work at Facebook, it's just a couple miles away from Google's headquarters. Of course, everyone's working at home right now because of the pandemic, but they all follow each other on Twitter. They're all following this news. Maybe not your friend, though. But the ones who are pl- <laughs> the ones who are plugged in Roasted. to worker activism, they are noticing. And I think there's been months of relative quiet, and we're starting to see the floodgates open again around worker activism in the Valley. Shireen Ghaffari covers tech at Recode. I'm Sean Ramos for him. This is Today Explained. Okay, Google, brush my teeth. Okay, Google, mow my lawn. Okay, Google, text my mom. And tell her that I love her. Okay, Google, do my taxes. Okay, Google, hold me closer. Okay, Google, play this song. Again, a hundred times. Oh, I forgot you had to deal with this new union stuff. It's okay. I'll just ask DuckDuckGo or something. Goodbye, everybody. Sure, we've all had fun messing around with AI image generators and conversation bots, but AI is more than a novelty, and it's possible that your business could benefit from AI integration. SAP Business AI can help your business innovate, whether it's supply chain, finance, human resources, sales and marketing, even a generative AI co-pilot. SAP Business AI can offer the solutions you've only dreamt of. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Learn more at sap.com slash AI.